0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in here today, live and on demand on the Steve Dace Show. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. You may have noticed we've got a new decoration here on the set. My new book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Any Longer much longer. Maybe I should know the title. I mean, I only came up with it. Might be good if I remembered what it was. But if you want to get uh, the new book, it is out now. It is meant as a battle plan for fighting a 21st century level of culture war. Uh, Kind of my attempt to update the Francis Schaeffer classic, The Christian Manifesto, which was a battle plan for the culture war of the 80s and then the 90s. We're in a different century now, and we're facing a different level of threat. So uh, this is meant for both individual and group study. There are discussion questions after every chapter if you want to get together with your women's group, your men's group, uh, your church group, uh, your patriotic group, whatever the case may be. Do what you believe, or you won't be free to believe it much longer. There's the cover available now over at Amazon. And again, just like we did with Fauci and Bargain, We just put it right out straight to paperback to make it as available and inexpensive as we possibly could. So thanks to all of you that have already purchased a copy. If you haven't had time yet, please consider leaving us a five-star review over on Amazon as well. We've gotten a few of those already, even though the book's only been out for a few days. So thank you to those. We appreciate that. And thanks to everyone that uh, um, has already let me know. They've had a chance to look it over. They're reading it now. They've already read it. And it really was uh, an encouragement and inspirational to them. That's why it was written, uh, to both encourage and inspire you to get in the fight. All right, let's get into the fight with today's program. Um, of course, you can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for us as well over on MeWe Parlor, Gab, and Getter, where there will be no censorship. And then you can get clips of the show free to watch and also free of censorship when you go over to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Now I got to warn you, <clears throat> you might hear that a lot today. My voice is still recovering a bit. What happened? From Saturday. Mm-hmm. And this is the second consecutive weekend now that there's been in uh, uh, my, 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 my voice is not used to uh, fan strain in late November and early December as a Michigan football fan. It's. It's been a few years, you know, um, we're usually team September, so, uh, I'm not in uh cheering and, uh, and, and hollering, uh, shape right now. So if you hear that clearing, it's because I'm still on the rebound. I did not talk very much yesterday, so I could, uh, make sure that I'm ready and I'm good to go today. So that's my story and I'm, I'm sticking to it. And how was that for, um, a humble brag? Was that you're going to yeah? go to Miami? Yeah. You know, no. What? No. If it was Dallas, I would go. I really don't want to navigate Miami on New Year's Eve. I don't. I don't. I thought about it yesterday and I just don't. Not to mention flights would be like ten grand. The flights are astronomical to go down there over New Year's Eve. Because a lot of people are going to Miami for New Year's Eve, whether it's for a football game or not. That's so,
2: a yeah, that's a bargain though, to get there a day after the game starts. <laughs>
1: Yes, Um, we're going to actually wait. And if we make it back to Indianapolis for the national championship game, then we will uh, we will spare no expense to make that happen because it'll be a little bit more in our price range. But no, it was a very exciting weekend in our home. We got a chance. Our kids got a chance to see something. uh, A couple of my, my son has never seen and thought we would never get a chance to see. So a little bit got a little bit excited. Second weekend in a row. So my voice is on the rebound, so it's actually feeling pretty strong today, but if I talk for too long, then it starts to weaken a little bit, so I just wanted to warn you ahead of time, okay? Also want to warn you ahead of time that even though we have already defeated Biden's attempt to violate bodily autonomy via a therapeutic mandate, it's not a vaccine, and what is it now? I think we counted last week four different federal courts.
2: Yeah, and, and beyond that, too. I mean, this is in the montage. These agencies are, are suspending enforcement anyway. Right, so.
1: right. And in different arenas. This is yep. whether it was one of the cases dealt with uh, Medicare and Medicaid, another one dealt with health care workers, and another one dealt with the OSHA mandate on private businesses. So, of course, on his way out the door, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is attempting to impose one right at the time this thing keeps getting its ass kicked in the federal courts. But So that is another reminder— That the battle against this is not over. And of course, it is a time for year-end giving for some of you. If you're looking for a righteous cause to give to, consider our friends over at Alliance Defending Freedom. They are all in on pushing back and ultimately defeating Biden's illegal, unethical, immoral, unconstitutional. Any other words I could throw in there? Yeah. Really bad. Is that a, a really bad attempt at violating bodily autonomy? It's the worst attempt at violating bodily autonomy uh, in American politics and policy in 150 years, so Alliance Defending Freedom is in this fight. They're involved in a lot of these cases around the country. If you'd like to make a nonprofit donation to them, uh, they do everything pro bono for their clients. So that's how they stay alive: is nonprofit donations. I myself have donated to this, and would urge you to do the same. When you go to adflegal.org slash Steve again, adf. Legal.org/steve. You won't just be making a tax-deductible donation, but you'll be making a tax-deductible de- donation towards once and for all driving a stake through the heart of this uh, of this nasfaratu. Right? ADFLegal.org/steve. All right. Coming up next hour, it will be our Monday town hall. Uh, and it, it's Facebook's opportunity to ask me anything. So we look forward to that. Todd has selected the questions. I have not seen any of them and we'll answer them off the cuff when I see them for the first time next hour. At the bottom of this hour, we will be joined by our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz from the family leader. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What Happened
2: While We Were Away brought to you by... Health officials in Israel are mulling whether to approve a fourth booster shot for its population... This comes amid the great success that the first, second, and third doses have had in that country. Back at home, New York City's Mayor Bill de Blasio is expanding COVID tyranny in that city beginning soon. There will be a vaccine mandate in place for all private sector workers and a vaccine pass will be required for all indoor dining and entertainment in the city for those aged five years old and up. CDC director Rochelle Walensky is back with some pretty cool science. What we don't yet know is how transmissible it will be, how well our vaccines will work, whether it will lead to more severe disease. We know from a vaccine standpoint that the more mutations a single variant has, the more immunity you really need to have in order to combat that variant, which is why right now we're really pushing to get more people vaccinated and more people boosted. In completely unrelated news, Moderna says vaccine efficacy will drop with every new variant, and the company is rushing to develop a new vaccine. Trevor Noah, yes, Trevor Noah, your thoughts.
1: Hmm, so on the one hand, Almost all the Omicron cases have been mild so far. But on the other hand, the guy who stands to gain millions of dollars from new vaccines says we need new vaccines. Huh. If we don't make a new vaccine, this disease could be with us Ferrari! I mean forever! Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Now, look, I'm not saying that the CEO of Moderna is lying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying... I don't think he's the most objective source on this topic.
2: Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, who just had his young son injected with an experimental drug, is back to tell us how to have a fulfilling time with your family this Christmas.
1: You get vaccinated and boosted. You use testing judiciously before you gather. You gather in well-ventilated spaces and use masks Mm -hmm. whenever you can in public indoor spaces. Your risk can be quite low. And your holidays can be quite fulfilling that's what so many families experienced this past thanksgiving
2: meanwhile the center for medicaid services released a memo this weekend suspending its enforcement of the biden vaccine mandate for health care workers nationwide this comes after a court earlier smacked down the mandate in 10 midwestern states dr fauci your thoughts
1: you know i i never liked the idea
2: of forcing the issue but the only thing neil that's important is that we know The importance of vaccination in completely unrelated news, the Brownstone Institute is reporting over 140 research studies affirm naturally acquired immunity to COVID-19 is just as or more effective than vaccine acquired immunity. And now the Patriot Front. Everybody knows about Patriot Front. I just Patriot Fronted last night. My son is a member of Patriot Front Juniors and my whole family just generally Patriot Fronts on every given day. No idea what I'm talking about. Neither do I. Apparently, the feds were so disappointed with their last entrapment escapade in Washington, D.C., so this weekend they got together, dressed up in masks and khakis, and got tiny little shields and marched through the National Mall. The group called themselves Patriot Front. The original video of the group this weekend was posted by what proved to be an anonymous fake Twitter account that was just created a few days ago and has since been deleted. No word yet from the FBI on how much overtime they're doling out for all their agents to dress up like that on a weekend. In completely unrelated news, the CIA harbored and employed pedophiles. That's according to a new report by BuzzFeed News. CNN has terminated anchor Chris Cuomo. This comes in the wake of revelations he used his perch at CNN to help his brother, then New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, deal with sexual harassment allegations earlier this year. However, later this weekend, it was also revealed Chris Cuomo was facing some Me Too allegations of his own. So there's that. Op-ed at the Washington Post. The media treats Biden as badly or worse than Trump. Here's proof. Actor Alec Baldwin was interviewed for the first time after shooting and killing his cinematographer on the set of his recent film. Do you feel guilt? No, no.
1: I feel that there is, I, I feel that that that. Someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me.
2: And finally, this. Hi, this is a little message to the unvaccinated. You are killing everyone. It's your fault. You're being selfish, so get the vaccine, because I'm vaccinated. I am
0: vaccinated, okay? And so I'm protected because the vaccine is safe and effective.
1: So if you're around me and you're unvaccinated, then you're putting me at... Well, you're not, you're, no, okay, so you're selfish because if
0: I'm protected and you're around me, then I'm, then I'm fine, but you're, but you're me, sorry. If you're not vaccinated, then you're not, it's your,
2: um, you're racist is what I'm saying. And that's what happened while we were
1: away. (laughs) Prior to COVID. And it was my decision because it's a it's a dark tunnel. Frankly, I don't didn't want to go down because I'm down voluntarily. Several dark tunnels, all on my own. Okay, but uh, Todd's anti-vax ideology, we had we had we'd only would indulge it lightly or mildly a, a few times, and it would typically arise when even prominent people within conservative media would say things like, "Well, get your kids vaccinated for measles." So they don't give the measles to my kid. And I would always ask you on or off the air whenever this would come up. I've been sitting here next to you, letting you sit next to me for the last going on six years now with, you, you know, your granola crunch and ideology. Um, how many sick days have I taken? I'm not really all that. And I've got kids in school and everything else. I'm not really all that concerned about it. And why wasn't I concerned about your lifestyle choices?
0: Because you had been vaccinated.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, otherwise, the only reason I would be concerned is if the the vaccine didn't work. Right. And I couldn't understand this. Why does does somebody else have to be vaccinated for your vaccine to work? Right. It didn't make any sense. Okay. And I mean, how many times would I ask this question?
0: Um, more than any other question. Yeah. yeah, it would
1: really be the only time we'd yes. even entertain this. Yes. We would just bring up how silly this entire premise was. I won't do it again, because I know you're probably sick of hearing the story, but I've used the anecdote about my trip to Haiti to answer this question how many times now, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That guy did a better job of answering, of bringing this up than I ever have. That was extremely well done. It is funny, though, to now see, and I, and I don't know who that individual is, so when I say this, I'm not talking about him, Okay but we are seeing some very prominent people in conservative media who in the past did put in all caps on Twitter, get your kids vaccinated. You're the reason that there's measles in my kids' schools. Are now the same people that are making arguments saying against vaccine mandates, saying, well, if I'm vaccinated, why would I be concerned that somebody for COVID that somebody else is not, right? I'm sure you've noticed this. I have Uh, There's been a few... Prominent individuals that are in that club—you sure you've noticed that a little bit? Yeah, I'm sure you have, because I'm—I'm I'm not as ideologically in tune on this. Although you are threatening to turn me oh, into that, the gap that. has been closed. The gap is been closed. There is no question about that. Okay, but um, um, I if but if I've noticed it, I know, I know that you have noticed this. Indeed. All right. Aaron's Montage. Hey, do you like my glasses? Because they're brought to you by my glasses. Well, at least the people that made them. All right. I got my glasses over at Better Spectacles, and they now can give, can give you access to Rodenstock eyewear from Germany. 144-year-old company. They're considered maybe the gold standard in optometry with over 500 patents worldwide. Available for mass sale in the U.S. for the very first time. And if you've got a problematic prescription like me, and I'm a little far, a little near, so I need what are called progressives, and sometimes that means you don't get the coolest or the nicest frames with those. They can do something about that now by no matter whether it's a problematic prescription or just an everyday one, they can hook you up with free handcrafted rodent stock frames. When you go to betterspectacles.com slash steve, Again, that is betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And when you go there, get 61% off to get you started, all right? 61% off at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. In the overtime today, we are going to be discussing the unicorn in Aaron's montage. And that would be this clip from Trevor Noah of The Daily Show. Because what you see there in that clip is something that outside of a couple of people we've mentioned before has largely been lost in uh in Ameri- in within the American left, where the old liberals have been replaced by the new leftists. And authoritarianism from any source is the fetish here. From any source is the fetish. It's uh, what what's his name? The 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 other satirist Ryan uh, who did the thing last Long. week. Ryan Long. Ryan yeah. Long. Yep. I, I hate big pharma except for Pfizer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and so we, I want to discuss a little bit more in depth that Noah clip and what may have triggered it. All right. So what may have triggered a guy who said didn't he call say that um, he was a homosexual uh, that basically he you know he would um, uh, he would do any un, he'd do anything for the unlawful carnal knowledge at the feet of Anthony Fauci, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so I mean this guy was an insipid COVID stan mouthpiece a year ago. So why is this now the breaking point? Now that now that the now that salvation, the drip has arrived, why does he now want to look the gift horse in the mouth? I want us to discuss that today in the overtime. We will do so at blazetv.com/slash dace. That's where you'll be able to go to watch the overtime later today if you are a Blaze TV subscriber. We will record it right after today's show and then upload it for you to watch on demand later today at BlazeTV.com/dace. And that's also where you can go to get a discounted subscription today to Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com/dace. Let's go elsewhere into the montage, and I, I just I know I'm supposed to say something about Alec Baldwin. That's kind of in the conservative media. Handbook, right? I don't even know what to say about that i I mean, that is just so absolutely on brand i'm not I'm not guilty of anything. I'm not responsible for anything i mean i'll even i I'll even try to cut the guy some slack because I think he's brilliantly funny. <clears throat> and I used to be in business with his brother, who is a pretty phenomenal human being, okay. I don't know, know that Stephen loves his brother because we've had these. I've had this conversation, so I'll try to cut him some slack in that. This thing's under legal investigation. You know, there's going to be a civil lawsuit here. Uh, I can I can understand why he might want to carefully word things in those regards, even if he thinks he's innocent. Okay, because you don't want to put anything on the record that makes it look like you're admitting to guilt outright, right? Yeah. If even if so let's pretend it wasn't Alec Baldwin with all the political baggage and it was somebody else, you could understand why they would do that. But then you went to express no remorse, like I'm very sorry that this tragedy occurred. I'm very sorry that someone isn't going to be home for the holidays this year. Isn't going their loved ones are never going to see them again. And I'm going to make real sure that um at any point I'm on any set in the future. We take maximum precautions. Okay. You you know, a general statement of remorse, nothing, nothing. And to make it, and then you start crying to make it about you. When we talk about evil always accuses you of doing what it's doing. So there's this new tactic that they're rolling out now with COVID where they're claiming it's the right that doesn't want COVID to go away. (laughs) Have you seen there's, the, there's oh, yeah. been a few of these clips in the last few days? Have you guys seen this? Yes. Okay. And, and it's just th- this is not even. We're, what is beyond gaslighting? <clears throat> beyond gaslighting is literally when someone opens their mouth and the devil speaks forth with a forked tongue. Like that's what beyond gaslighting is. But I'm not even. I'm so far gone. I'm my. I'm so given over Romans one style that I don't even recognize. With, on any, with any shame at all that what I am saying is, is just absent of any truth whatsoever, right? And I kind of feel like that's what this interview was. And I've been asked a lot the last few years from uh, friends of mine, um, family members, um, people that I've known professionally, that maybe didn't agree with me, but I had a rapport with that respected the fact that, you know, we we do our best here. We're human. We're subjective by nature, too. We have biases, too, but we really do try to let the truth have its way as best as we can within our mortal coils, fallib- fallibilities and sinfulness and total depravity includes us and all. But as best as we can with those disclaimers, we really do try to let the truth have its way on this show, and it's why at times we've frustrated our own audience along to to those ends. And what it has done throughout the course of my career is give me relationships and friendships with probably a unique set of people that aren't common within conservative media. And a lot of those relationships, however, with family, friends, and uh, peers and within the mainstream or corporate or legacy media, those things are largely all gone and fried now over Donald Trump. And I, I can tell you why that is. It's because they would come at me with all the examples of Trump's gaslighting and things of that nature, or what his personal life was like in the past and how I could overlook those things. And I would point out to them, well, until he had a record, I couldn't. That's why I didn't vote for him in 2016. But then he had a record, and now I have a choice I have to make, which is he actually did many things that I have advocated for the course of my career we should do. They were good, and they worked. I could betray those things, and then and I could act as if now those things are bad because Donald Trump slept with a porn star in 2006. I mean, I could do that, but that would be Trump derangement syndrome, Right? And, and so I would answer back, tell me then, your, your argument seems to be that I am to now oppose the things I have long advocated for and long supported and long desired and, and wanted and lobbied for. I'm to oppose them because of what Donald Trump's personal life was like prior to January of 2017 when he took the oath of office. Which essentially means that I just let you Take over the rest of my way of life and dismantle it. That's what you're really asking me to do because you're not going to hold yourself to any kind of standard here. This isn't an an agreed upon, you know, we have rules of engagement within the, we don't put mustard gas on each other. We don't aim at children, right? There's, there's no Geneva convention here. Is there a culture war Geneva convention? No. No, I mean, you guys are, you guys are doing routine background checks constantly now. You're trying to get everybody canceled. Everybody canned. And so you're essentially saying to me that, Therefore, unless we find a sinless person from this time forward, which there won't be, I can't defend my way of life against you. If that person is willing to join me in that fight, because here's the thing: with limited exception, some of his worldview shallowness led to him handing the country over to Anthony Fauci and losing the election, and you know we're so. But with those limited exceptions. Trump's issues on a personal level, in no way, shape, or form, are a threat to my way of life, to my ability to make a living, to pass on my values and, and, and legacies and traditions to my children, to stand up for what I believe, to live freely. But the way that you guys manifest your brokenness and sinfulness over there is an existential constant threat to it. It's a veritable sort of Damocles. So that's the difference. Well you can see why they wouldn't like that answer, okay? And a lot of those decisions are gone. Or a lot of those relationships are gone. But I bring that up in the context of that's what you see out of Alec Baldwin in this interview.
0: No small irony that he spent the last how many years playing yes. Donald
1: Trump? Yeah. Yeah. That that the reality is what so would it Donald Donald Trump brought soldiers home? Donald Trump made peace agreements. Donald Trump put people back to work, including minorities, at the highest rate ever. Donald Trump brought fuel prices down. Donald Trump brought standard of livings up. These things all were done prior to March 16th of 2020. Are those facts? Mm -hmm. Are those facts? Yeah, They're facts, are they not? Indeed. The kind of brokenness that his opponents display ends lives. And livelihoods, literally, literally. And that's the difference. I don't know. I kind of think it's a big difference. I mean, you look at the thing, look at Chris Cuomo in that situation. By the way, do you know who one of the best friends of the Cuomo family is? Anthony Fauci, actually. But why isn't CNN on the hook for all of this? You, frankly, you asked, we don't know what the allegations are with him and women and all that Me Too stuff, and that'll all get wrangled out. And who knows? That could be true. That could be CNN is, is, is just piling on now to try to get him to be silent and, and not come after them with a suit. Who knows? Let's just look at what we originally were told was the reason he, he was let go. All that other stuff will come out in the wash who gave him the platform you you asked the impossible of him you told a guy here have a primetime platform with the with a with a bully pulpit and the ability to intimidate and your 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 brother is under criminal indictment and being investigated but just completely you know, act like that's not happening and don't do anything. That, that's not realistic. That's why people recuse themselves. That's why there's acknowledgements of, of conflicts of interest. That's why we have good practices and procedures, right? That, that's why we have all these things, yes. allegedly, right? They. they what, what did they think was going to happen? If you give a mouse a cookie, what did you think was going to happen? If you give a Cuomo a platform... While another Cuomo is embattled, what did you think was going to happen? And now they want to turn around and talk about standards and practices. That's again, this is the same. That's why I wrote this all together. It's the same conversation. This is this is shameless level, shameless levels of gaslighting. Like satanic levels. Like right after, you, right after rehiring Jeffrey
2: pulling Yes,
1: yes. We have some standards around here. Yes. And that brings us to the Moderna thing. Hey, you know, these things lose efficacy, but hey, just we'll, we'll bring it. We'll, we'll make more that'll be better. They're now admitting they lose efficacy. Maybe you could have admitted that before we had to, you know, file 14 federal lawsuits against mandating these things. You think? Right? The, this, almost this entire homage is a tribute to satanic levels of gaslighting. I mean, this is Siri. What does Paul mean when he writes Romans one, beginning in verse seventeen? Siri plays the montage Aaron just ran. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on that?
2: You know, there really isn't. I don't think anything worse than than gaslighting. It, it's straight from this, the pit of hell. Because successfully psychologically, what gaslighting does to you is it turns your re, your, your your version of reality on top. It folds its, itself over on top of each uh, of each other. It really flips and distorts your percep- perception of reality, living in a different reality, distorting reality. What does that sound like? A hallmark of progressivism, one oh one, which is why gaslighting is not necessarily a feature of progressivism. It is progressivism. As Todd says all the time now, brilliantly, the lie is the point. That's what we're learning here.
1: We'll come back. Bob Vanderplatz will join us here from The Family Leader and then our Monday Town Hall. Facebook followers will get to ask me anything. We always look forward to that. That and more coming your way here in a moment on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. If you're a pet owner, you've heard me talk about Rough Greens before. It is the supplement powder that you mix in with your pet's food. And with that one little act, you have restored the vast majority of vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that were stripped out of your pet's food before it ever left the factory. For the same reason they do that with us these days. All right, They want our food to last longer for mass distribution and consumption. And so we're left buying supplements. Well... Supplemental because it's often not in our foods at the rate that we need and now there is the supplement for your pet but you might be wondering how do I know if my pet will like it how do I know that it'll make a difference with my pet well one week to fi- one way to find out uh, and see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less is to try rough grains on us we will give you that first 14 day jumpstart bag for free now you're gonna pay for the shipping now why do we ask this simple Because the reality is people tend to use less the stuff that is just given to them for free. If we did the whole thing, less of you would try it than if we make you pony up a few bucks. So now you kind of feel like it's got to justify your time and expense. Don't worry. We're picking up the bigger tab with the product itself. That first 14-day jumpstart bag is on us. You just pay for the shipping when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com find out why my dog cap literally licks the side of the bowl when we mix this with his food all right roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833 rough dog all right let's bring in our good friend bob vanderplats from the family leader good to see you brother how are you doing really well
3: congratulations michigan big 10 champs and in the playoffs Impressive. I
1: I had little to do with it, but I sure as heck screamed over on Saturday like I did, (laughs) all right? The last couple Saturdays, right? Yelling at a TV screen, no one can hear me except the people, you know, five blocks down the street. Uh, But uh, somehow I thought I I was impacting the game nevertheless.
3: I was more excited the Saturday before when they beat Ohio State versus Iowa Hawkeyes.
1: Yes, yes. But I thought that was going to be tough for Iowa because imagine the same kind of team with – just hire recruited players like across the board and a functional, capable offense. Yeah, And that's, you know, we were not going to be a team you guys are going to be able to get us into your mosh pit and win ugly because we like to play that way. Mm -hmm. We're fine with that, you know? So I thought that's kind of what I'm worried about Georgia in the next game is I kind of feel like this is now the same thing where we're playing a team with the exact same style of football that we do and they just recruited a different level than we do now, (laughs) right? So I'm a little worried about that, but there's plenty of time. I think they'll do well. Let's get to history in the making right now. And you and I have had this conversation, I don't know how many times, on different iterations and versions of this show since it was just local. How come the pro-life movement doesn't actually craft legislation? Because we keep being told we we, we can't end abortion until we overturn Roe, which I don't agree with, by the way. Okay. But, Okay. Let's say you believe in that. Well, then, shouldn't you be crafting legislation that would overturn Roe? Overturn Roe. Instead, we, you know, if you if you wear white after Labor Day and you, you know, if you can hopscotch and do the alphabet backwards on a Thursday between two and four a.m., you can get an abortion. Stuff that, that's that's kind of what we did for about thirty years mm-hmm. after the case after Casey versus Pennsylvania, and it didn't accomplish anything. Although it did raise a lot of money for a lot of groups. Maybe that was what it was about. I don't know. But it didn't save any babies. Now, in the last few years, we have actually begun crafting legislation that defined when is a life a life. Now different states have done it differently. In Iowa, I think we were the first state that did a heartbeat bill. The Mississippi bill in the Dobbs case, I think, is at 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the very least, we are we are getting now to our premise. And even though you weren't there, I know you guys had people from the Family Leader on the ground there that that gave you reports. Because we, I would like to hear some of that from the from from what you heard from your people. Because what we saw in the media, the level of shrieking, acting out, it was it read like a scene in the New Testament, man. Where like demon infested people come up to Christ and are like, mm-hmm. "Have you come to persecute us before the appointed time, Son of Man?" I mean, people taking a of patience for fun,
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: I mean, and I think that. That's an ugly display that we could have forced the public to see for three decades if we just would have shown it's not about pain. It's not about, you know, inconvenience. It's none of those talking points. They just want to kill these people when they want. And that's what looked like it was on display to me last week.
3: Yeah, well, first of all, you know, there's a lot of us who have been waiting for this moment for a long time. And you're exactly right. We always said, well, then craft Mm -hmm. legislation that shoots to overturn Roe. Mm -hmm. That's why in Iowa, our team led with the Coalition of Pro-Life Leaders here, and we brought the the whole coalition together to say we're all going to be on the same page. But the goal is to overturn Roe v. Wade. That's why we went with the heartbeat bill. Now, Mississippi took a different tactic, but they've got their case now in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. And I think the good news from, say, a Chuck Hurley, a Drew Zahn, a Danny Carroll, a Daniel Sonny, the members of our team who are in D.C. is number one. Uh, the pro-life crowd outnumbered the pro-abortion crowd probably four, five to one. That has not happened mm. for a long time. I mean, just the numbers were incredible, and the spirit was good. It wasn't a spirit of, look, at this thing's going to get hostile real quick. Now, they had barricades between the two different sides. But the pro-life crowd was really one of almost like a prayerful worship Thanksgiving that we're here at this time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was fun. One of our team members that was down there, he said, and we're also on the right side of the messaging right now. He said, there's probably six to 10 people who should not have been there. We would have been better if they were not there because we always said, you know, uh, the media is looking for the weird one. So don't be the weird one. We had about six to 10 weird ones there with bad messaging. But we had messaging of young people carrying placards we're the after row generation. Hmm. And to think about it, I look at this and it's kind of a pinch or saw moment. We are on the cool side of the life issue right now. It's obvious. And so from that standpoint, just a visual standpoint of a, of outnumbering the pro-abortion side, but then Chuck Kerlin, you guys know Chuck. I mean, he's a legal, I call him a legal nerd, but he he's one of the brightest lawyers I know. And Chuck left the kind of the rally area, and he went over to where the prayer area was. That was the other thing that people didn't see, but there's a huge prayer area there. And he went to the prayer area and he put on headsets so he could listen to the oral arguments live, all 110 minutes of them. And he just said it was surreal that here I am outside the Supreme Court building, they're arguing the case that could overturn Roe v. Wade right here. And he said Kavanaugh was probably the MVP the questions that he asked, the cases he brought up. And so, again, Chuck said, he said right now, he goes, we're very optimistic that they have five votes to overturn it. And he said he believes that if there's five votes, he believes um, Roberts will become the sixth vote. And the reason Roberts would become the sixth vote, so now he can write the majority opinion. Yes. And probably be as inventive and as creative as possible to keep it as narrow as in scope as possible. But Chuck said this because if he if he
1: doesn't do that, <clears throat> right? Clarence Thomas will write the majority opinion as the senior justice. Exactly, and then yeah.
3: you are going to have a really good opinion yeah. on this. Yeah,
1: deal. yeah. I mean that's that's going to be a textbook,
3: right? Yeah. And so you know what Chuck said though he said in nineteen ninety two, it's funny th- this
1: is the this is the exact analysis that we had last week. So I've not yep. spoken to Chuck, yep. but we had this exact same analysis, yep. and, and even yep. brought up that it would help Roberts to write. Without His own question. version of the majority opinion. Because so, you, you could see that to me as a poker player, the tell was how he kept wanting to emphasize, or Roberts wanted to emphasize that we're one of the few countries on earth mm-hmm. that allows things like this after 15 weeks, that we're in the company yeah. of China and North Korea, that he's already working on his political messaging. Yeah. Okay. And so you could kind of sense that 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 was the trial balloon that was being thrown out there.
3: And the other thing, and you guys know this well, too. You've watched this play a lot of times. But I thought what Danny Carroll said, who's Chuck's counterpart uh, on our legislative team. But Danny said all of the major players of all the major conservative organizations, pro-life organizations, they were there. And let me tell the audience, if they don't know this right, this is the clue of the day. They show up. When they believe there's going to be a victory. Oh yes. When they're going to win. <laughs> yes. You know they're they're going to be so they really. It's what our
1: it's what our, it's what our uh, President Gaston Mooney who used to serve on Capitol Hill with uh, Jim DeMint- Sure. As his chief, I think it was just chief of staff or one of his mucky mucks. He he said that amongst the conservative staffers of the actual conservative senators, uh-huh. they used to refer to it as big baby. All right. <laughs> so these are the people that show up when they know they got the votes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What
3: was it say defeats an orphan but uh, victory of a yep, the JFK thousand. line, yes. Yeah. So uh, so Danny pointed that out, but Chuck said this, and I forgot about this. He said nineteen ninety two, and Casey first planned Parenthood, he said we thought we had the votes to overturn Planned Parenthood.
1: And then Sandra Day O'Connor. Yeah, well,
3: also Kennedy, they thought Kennedy, wasn't Kennedy Mm -hmm. one that they thought for sure had to vote. Mm -hmm. So Chuck said this, and I thought this was really good. He said, for your audience, uh, those who believe in the power of prayer, right now is the time to pray. Because this decision is going to get let out probably late June 2022. However, what a lot of people don't know is that after the Supreme Court heard these oral arguments, 110 minutes, just the justices, just the yeah. Nine they go of them, into
1: deliberations. Yeah.
3: They go into a room and they deliberate and basically say, "What did you hear? Where are you at?"
1: They conduct like a straw poll,
3: but they take a vote. Yeah. So what? What I thought was just really cool to listen to, insightful to listen to, is Chuck said overturning Roe v. Wade, the the vote probably happened on Wednesday. That they took, but he said now is the time to pray because people can get soft between now and June.
1: Well, I think you saw this uh, almost ten years ago with the the first Obamacare hearing, and I remember um, when Jeffrey Tubin's name wasn't a verb yet, uh, and uh, he was just the CNN chief legal correspondent. He came out of those oral arguments and went on television and told the audience, "Obamacare is dead." Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing's dead as a doornail. Look, and and was the people? It was people like John Roberts that were asking those questions. Sure. And and the government, uh, Obama's attorneys, his solicitor general at the time, a- advocated uh, vehemently that uh, the mandate for Obamacare was not a tax, and therefore it was not unconstitutional. Be- uh, and um, uh, and and Roberts ended up being the deciding vote to salvage Obamacare mm-hmm. and rewrote the legislation. Uh, over the testimony of, Ob- of the Obama administration to describe the mandate as a tax, and therefore it can line up under the 16th Amendment and be constitutional.
3: And so what you're saying, though, is that don't get fooled by the justices' questions. Yeah. So No uh the one that decided the, you know, the marriage so issue.
1: Sonia Sotomayor asked yep. a very good question Sotomayor. in that one.
3: Yeah. If we take the parameters off of marriage, what are we left with? Yeah. If can we... you have incest? Everything. Yeah. And we thought, wow, she's with us. Yeah. There's no way they're—and, of course, she voted wrong. The other part of this, though, and I think your audience will resonate with this, is that another director of communications, uh, Drew Zahn, was in D.C. And Drew said it was really a pinch-yourself moment. Uh, He got into this whole movement because of the life issue. He remembers taking uh, his first baby at a a rally for life and basically being outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic about where they do abortions. Mm Mm-hmm. And now to say that you could be there on this historic of a moment with the place filled with prayer, seeing the life issue outnumber the pro-abortion issue. I mean, it's very, very, moving. it's a pinch yourself moment that we get to have a front row seat for such a time as this. And we just hope and we pray that the justices do the right thing. But even if the justices don't do the right thing, this fight's long from over. I mean, We do, it is a culture of life. The other thing that I said in our team meeting today, and I think it's good for, again, the audience to hear, but I think it's good for us to be reminded because we can get caught up in all the legal debates about how this should be a state issue. And I remind our team, this is not a state
1: issue. No. No no government has the right to do that, which God said was wrong, according Amen. to Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah.
3: And so we also take a look at you know, slavery, so you can know, have slavery in Missouri, but not in Iowa. Exactly. Yep. Uh, same-sex marriage with one vote. All of a sudden, the whole country is filled with same-sex marriage. But on the life issue, it becomes a state. This is not a state. We'll fight the battle. We'll try to make Iowa a pro-life state. Every state we have impact and influence with, we're going to try to make those states a pro-life state. But life is not a state
1: issue. Amen. To me, to me, and I've got about two minutes. I don't see a loss here, and you know me; I'm good at finding an L <laughs> if there is one. But uh, I don't see a loss here. I think this is either Brown versus Board of Education, yeah, or it's Dred Scott, and in either case, you're good. At, you, there's there's clarity and a and a galvanizer. If it's Dred Scott, why that would suck from a from a judicial standpoint. Um, one, we would once and for all have the ultimate rejection of uh, outsource your activism to unelected judges and, 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 and take matters into your own hands. And we would now know that the court does know what is life, when life begins, what signifies life, just as it did in Dred Scott, but ruled against it and how that galvanized the abolition movement at, mm-hmm. at the time. Or you have Brown versus Board of Education. And you have not a fatal blow, but a mortally wounded blow against an intrinsic evil that then sets the stage to be able to take the next step of driving the stake through its heart. So
3: separate but equal is wrong. Yes. Absolutely wrong. So killing a baby is wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right, Steve. And if if it's the Dred Scott scenario, it would be, I don't want that, but you talk about a galvanizing moment to say unelected justices do not get to determine what when life begins when life can be terminated mm-hmm. in this country i think and we got a little bit of a record on this of going after those type of judges mm-hmm. but i think that'd be a galvanizing moment But i really do believe uh this could be a five four six three decision to overturn roe v wade but i really really would encourage your base and those of us who are believers right now you pray like crazy
1: amen very well said brother you guys have any quick thoughts on that we got about a minute before we let bob go
0: well, I, I think we're going to know pretty quick if it's released in June, like you said, how uh, the the DeSantis election, how this issue down there, when this is now a state issue, hmm. we'll know pretty darn quick, because that's a man who will know how to handle this one way or the other. But if there's a boomerang effect, we won't know until we see it.
3: And, you know, the governors are it, I mean, you got our governor right here, Kim Reynolds, who is speaking out like crazy you know, that the state of Iowa will determine when life begins, when life ends, not the federal government. Now it's a long time that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. So you got governors who want to weigh in on this like crazy.
1: Good stuff, Bob. Appreciate it as always, man. All right. God bless you guys. You bet. All right. Next hour, um, we've got uh, our weekly, our Monday town hall, Ask Me Anything. How are the questions this week? I didn't put any parameters and You know, I didn't tell you like last week, let's put an emphasis on the more serious conversations just because we'd been gone for quite a while. So no topic is off limits this week. Anything I should be prepared for?
0: Oh, there might be a little um, Protestant Reformation issue going on. Yeah, so.
1: I got a chuckle out of you, Aaron. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. All right. So you guys know the rules. Snotty questions go to the front of the line. All right. And I love being blindsided with snotty questions. So we'll see. If you guys did your job here, when we come back with hour two in a moment, stay tuned. And we're back with hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. Don't forget, every now and then you may see hashtag Facebook approved takes. That means I'm trying to present you information. Facebook would prefer I not present to you. But if I slap that hashtag on it and present it to you with the regime approved narrative, somehow it ends up slipping through the algorithm. So remember, whenever you see that, that's not what I think. It's just what I say in order to get it to uh, be shown to you. You can also just skip all of that and go to places like MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter that aren't censoring us constantly to get information there. You can also get clips that aren't being censored and are free to watch at rumble.com slash stevedayshow. And then finally, if you are a a, a podcast listener to this program, thank you so very much. Please consider leaving us a five-star review and hitting the subscribe or follow button. If you haven't done those things yet, and thanks to all of you who have. Now, free email services like Gmail and Yahoo, you know, they're not really free. I had somebody come at me recently when I was talking about the release of my upcoming book, uh, which is a culture war battle plan. Do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer available on Amazon now. And they were like, why don't you just make this free instead of doing the Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin model of making us pay for your thoughts. I'm like, well, first of all, models worked out pretty good for those guys. (laughs) Number one. Number two, I'm like, are you not a capitalist? You understand this is our job, guys. It's not a ministry. It's a job. But then number three, I, I wrote back to him. I'm like, you think what you're doing here on Facebook is free? Oh, you're paying, a, you're paying the steepest price of all. You're letting them in on your private life and your data so that they can then monitor you while also monetizing you. And you want to come at me about 15 bucks for a book? And you're just handing over your information to Mark Zuckerberg and his pals? All right, so that's why it's free. Because it ain't, okay? In fact, internet giants throughout big tech, uh, they bank on exploiting your data by selling it to the highest bidder. Your business plan, Google already has it. Medical records, Yahoo can sell them to drug companies, et cetera. Why do you think whenever you go to a website, the ads just so happen to be catered to your interests? They're just that good at this? No. All right. And that's why you want to use a product like Start Mail to keep your emails private, period. Every email can be encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use encryption. And that way you know when you delete an email with Startmail, Start Mail uh, S-T-A-R-T, you know it is actually gone forever. They've also got their own servers. They don't outsource them to somebody like an Amazon, so they can't be parlored. And switching to Start Mail is seamless too. You can easily transfer all of your current email data. There's no starting over from scratch. You can get unlimited anonymous aliases backed and protected by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. So start securing your email privacy with Start Mail. Sign up today and you'll get 50% off your first year at StartMail.com Steve. And again, that's S-T-A-R-T for StartMail.com Steve. 50% off your first year today at StartMail.com. Slash Steve. Let's get to our Monday Town Hall. Ask me anything. Questions from our Facebook followers. I've not seen any of these. Selected by Todd. And I will hear them for the first time when Aaron, you begin.
2: And we will begin with Eric Bailey. So tinfoil hat time. Do you think they are so concerned in air quotes about Omicron, because it's the mild version that spreads super fast with minimal negative outcomes and actually gets the world herd immunity faster, thus ending the power grab? Excellent question.
1: And I I watched with great interest the last couple of days messaging and the messaging pivot from Fauci. Guys, it was just last week. Dude was, you know, just went full snidely whiplash i mean he just went full movie villain i mean if he had the handlebar mustache and turned it after his what about january 6th senator cruz (laughs) right okay i mean that's all that was lacking he like went live with what we have known and suspected and claimed was really at the heart of darkness here but that he had cleverly Covered and camouflaged in his cheeky persona that put him on the cover of magazines last year, right? Mm -hmm. And now, literally just days after that, stop and think about the fact. Let's go be since he testified before Congress on March 11th of 2020. When was the last time you can recall Anthony Fauci saying? Well, the immediate assessment is there may not be cause for alarm here. Give me one example. On any front, vaccines, masks, new variants, spread, lockdowns. On any front, just up, up the floor is yours. Give me an example.
0: Why are you looking at me? You going not get anything here.
1: There aren't any. Yeah. There aren't any. Okay. Why here? Why here? The guy who just two weeks ago, remember we played the clip. Some of these people act like you know their personal liberties matter more than you know the vaccines and safety mandates. So yeah, we need vaccine mandates. And now he's over on Fox News. Now, granted, it's Neil Cavuto who tends to be the and the the most uh, shall we say regime friendly Fox News host, right? But it is still Fox News, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Neil Cavuto may frustrate many of you in this audience. They would never hire him at like MSNBC, for example. Okay? So it is still Fox News. And Fauci's over there talking about, well, I would prefer we don't do vaccine mandates. Huh. This is, this is some, well, the word of the day, this is some gaslighting right here. I mean, the pivot shift shift. Has been sudden and spectacular. Why? Very quietly over the weekend. And I wish I would have said this when 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 you brought up the Patriot front thing in your oh, montage. Yeah. How you know that thing is a farce and not real. And it didn't work by the fact that it wasn't covered by all the corporate media outlets, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because even they were like, it's like when they rolled out with that thing with Yunkin, they tried to do that with him and the white supremacist to the final couple days of the, and you only heard about it from the righty media because the legacy media is like, man, these guys are amateurs. They're going to, we just lost this thing because of this. Okay. Right. They, they wanted that story to go away because it made their side look bad. The fact that the Patriot front thing was such an obvious power, was such an obvious false flag is why it wasn't on every single uh, show on uh, CNN and MSNBC all weekend long. Right. Let me tell you what also wasn't on all weekend long. Very quietly, like a Biden whisper. Very quietly on Friday, the World Health Organization admitted something. Did you guys hear what it was?
0: I don't know that I did.
1: Yeah. Nowhere in the world have they been able to record a single fatality. Yeah. From Omicron. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the world. A single fatality. Now, I have questions like, how did a variant we didn't hear about until November 24th spread all throughout the world this fast when you cannot travel internationally, almost anywhere, without proof of vaccination? Okay? You know, questions like that, right? See, here's the thing. Omicron, at least so far, does not advance their narrative, as you point out here with your question, Eric. Because it begs a few questions, like the one I just asked. I couldn't, I mean, we've got, we've got good friends who had been tra- who had been planning a, a, like a second honeymoon for several years for this occasion, for this benchmark of their marriage. And it was a dream of theirs to go. And they made the decision that this was a once in a lifetime trip. They may never have the timing and the resources to do it ever again. And so they decided to get, to get vaxxed, to get jabbed in order to do a trip that they've been planning as a couple for years, right? Is that story, you think, unique? No, no. No, you're not going anywhere. You're not traveling almost anywhere internationally without some proof of vaccination, forged or otherwise, (laughs) okay? And so how did this thing spread so fast? Hmm. See, questions like that. Questions like what, what, Eric, what you're pointing out. And now you've got Anthony Fauci saying, well, so far, it doesn't appear to be that serious. And now let me go on Fox News and say maybe, maybe vaccine mandates are going too far.
0: Hmm. Here's another question. Very hmm. low vaccination rate in Africa. You get Omicron. Yes. High everywhere else. Yeah. You get the you get enhanced. The,
1: you get the ADE bugety-boo. enhanced Delta variant, which, as as our colleague Daniel Horowitz calls it now, the Pfizer variant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he and and you know I don't know that he's wrong about that. Frankly, it was, at, at at some ex, to some extent, it contributed to the seriousness. Whether it's the origin or it's ADE or just a leaky vaccine, but but because. Here's the thing Omicron provides us right now. Remember, I told you last week from the beginning of this, there have been two constants. Number one, whatever you are not permitted to say about this right now will be proven true later, and usually within three to nine months, right? Mm -hmm. What's the second one? No control groups. No control groups. And so Omicron shows up, we, COVID stand goes right into its panic porn narrative, and I still find it highly, highly dubious that Omicron shows up in South Africa literally just days after they tell the big pharma companies, yeah, we're not going to play ball with you guys, but thank you. Weird, huh? The timing on that. I'm sure it's purely coincidental. But see, Omicron is now providing a control group. Because we are watching it tear through these populations in Africa that have, per capita, the lowest vaccination rates on this planet. And yet, what did the World Health Organization admit on Friday? We have no record of a single fatality due to the Omicron variant. Hmm. Maybe we need to call this the control group variant. Excellent questionnaire.
2: Next, it's a double uh, two-part question. Michael Hudson says, if refusing the jab prevents you from serving in the ministry, say a missionary on a foreign land or a foreign field, God calls you into, what would you do? Second part of this question from Mike Shooter Mike, uh, if vaccine mandates that prevent you from working and earning money From going out in public, from shopping for food in grocery stores, from pursuing the basic necessities of human life, our de facto death sentence and understanding our Christian duty to love our neighbors as we love ourselves in Matthew 22, and our duty to provide for our family, 1 Timothy 5. What is the proper Christian response to this de facto death sentence placed upon our families and neighbors?
1: All right, so let me take, can I take these one at a time? because I think they're actually and they're from completely again as a layman I think they're they're completely separate contexts okay I want to start with Michael's question Michael Hudson's question about going into um, the foreign field as a missionary In, in my opinion that is a very very unique calling and if you're willing to go there um. then and, and that's what you're being called into, then then you are being called to a level of discomfort and flexibility and...
0: And other risks that and are other just risks, as high as... Yes. That, that's
1: me saying this. That are just not as... Just not what the normal person mm-hmm. um, encounters. And... I think that's a vastly different question in that arena. I think you're operating at a higher plane of discourse and engagement uh, than we are down here. You're you're transcending a culture war, okay? And um, to be clear, as hard to, you're not
0: sinning because you take this vaccine. No. Yeah. None of us. You think? think that. Do you think these
1: two questions imply that we think that? I don't know because okay,
0: I, I, you're not sinning because you take it. You're you're sinning if you're lying about it, even lying to yourself. But it's not a sin to take. I, this I vaccine. do not
1: believe. I do not believe the COVID therapeutics are the mark of revelation. If that's what some of you are asking me, okay. I think that you're being conditioned for the the potential yes. of a future event like that. I told you last year that I thought mask mandates were to condition you for vaccine mandates. We had said that how many times last year? Now vaccine mandates are to condition you to to hand over your bodily autonomy. Because once you have handed over your bodily autonomy you are essentially handed over. And then that is how an event, I mean, in a, a level of a, a a cosmic level event like that could unfold. All right? Is 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 people being conditioned along those lines. I think I think you're seeing that the world is more vulnerable towards an event like that than maybe more than ever before. Okay. But I I don't think I don't think that's that's specifically the event. Um I think if you're getting into the mission field, you're operating at a meta level and a macro level that transcends a lot, frankly a lot of the things we talk about on this show, period, and and much of this industry. And and I think at that point in time this all seems really trite. I mean, I, I'll tell you, the week I spent in Haiti, I didn't spend a lot of time on my phone looking at Twitter wondering about the American culture war. I mean, seeing that level of suffering up close and personal, just, it doesn't put things in perspective. It broadens it tremendously. Okay? So, I, I, I think if you're into that and you've been called into that, God bless you. And I think that that's, that's a different code I think that you're operating by on decisions like this because you're already willing you're already willing to absorb and accept some level of a foreign culture in order to impact it right um in order that's how you create a relationship so I wouldn't worry about that if you were going into the mission field on any level whatsoever um doesn't by the way that doesn't mean I think you should not oppose a mandate or if yeah. it's not healthy for you um still not you know you know try to prove hey i had natural immunity or i've got a pre-existing condition these vaxxes aren't good for me I, i'm just saying though you're up here in terms of you know fighting a spiritual battle and you know we're down here in trenches okay so i, I just think a lot of what we discussed doesn't apply and you to your decision making process because you're making a bigger decision than a lot of than, than what's at stake in a lot of this stuff on the second issue here's the thing about teacher what is the greatest commandment does jesus say the say to love the to love your neighbor as you love yourself is that what he says To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second, and the second, and the second is just like it. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. But before he says that, he says it is what? Second. There isn't a wing in heaven for people who rejected God's forgiveness through his son but practiced great acts of charity. There's only one atonement. Only one. And that's that's the sacrifice unto us a child is given that we are commemorating this time of year. There isn't I had my good works punch card filled out so overlook all my blasphemies. That's not how it works. In fact, one of the harshest rebukes Christ gives in the gospel is towards people like that. Hey, I did this in your name. I did this. I I don't know who you are. Depart from me into the den of iniquity, you doers of evil. I, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. So here's my answer to this question, because I also think you're bringing up, Mike, a good dilemma here. That is complicated, but I think what might put it in more, in more and better context is this. The, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You do that through faithful obedience. One of the things he commands is to not bear false witness. Now, if you choose, if you choose because I have a loved one and I don't want them to die alone in a nursing home, and this is the only way I can be there for them in their last days. I've got a child or a loved one who needs an organ transplant, and this is, you see what I'm saying? that mm-hmm. you're doing this as an act of service. Love knows no greater man than this than a man would lay down his life for his friends, right? You're doing this as, a, as an act of service. God bless you again. But you, we, can, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. In those sorts of unique circumstances, you can be willing to sacrifice for your neighbor while at the same time saying, this thing doesn't do what you claim that it does. It's evil to mandate it. It's wicked to mandate it. It violates the Nuremberg Code and every other medical code of ethic we've ever ascribed to in Western civilization. that's that's what being in the world and not of it means. we don't we don't have to fit into a binary box. Now I just talked a few minutes ago to the first guy there that's going into wants to go into field work, missionary work, and that's at a transcendent level above here from the concerns of America's culture war is down here, okay? If you're going to that level, right? Okay? Like I don't know how many days uh, Mother Teresa read the newspaper about you know what was going on in the u s or the Western world or how the Cold War was standing. She's operating, I mean she's, she's hitting hell with a you know, she's attacking, she's on the front lines literally hitting hell with a bazooka every day. Having conversations that are going to outlast whether, whether the U.S. or the Soviet Union wins this thing. That's a different level of spiritual warfare. Well, similarly here, even if we are in this arena that I just wrote this book about, When you read this book, you know what you're going to see is a battle plan? To transcend this. To come off the top rope against it, basically. To not return evil with evil, but evil with good. To transcend this stuff. You know, when Bob Vander was on here last hour, he didn't, about talking about his team just got back from the Supreme Court uh, hearing on Dobbs last week. He didn't say, hey guys, you know what we really need? Now that now that the judges have heard these arguments, we just need everybody in this vast audience of tens of thousands of people go on your Facebook pages, man, and post the most eloquent pro-life treatise you can about why Roe v. Wade needs overturned. Just to, as one cacophony of voices, is that what he said? No. What did he tell him to do? Pray. Pray. Why? Because that's that transcends all this other stuff. That comes off the top rope, man. That's Jimmy Superfly Snuka, WrestleMania Two on Don Morocco off the top of a steel cage with an elbow comes over the top rope, all that stuff. And I can't believe I just remembered that. Okay. And we have to be willing to, that's how we don't win a culture war by fighting it at the level of the enemy. We win it by coming off the top rope against the enemy. How, why do we do that? Well, he wants to fight down here because he's from below. Okay. We want to come off the top rope because we represent the most high. We don't want to let them drag us down here. We want to make them raise and come up here where we are. And one of the ways we do that is we walk and chew gum at the same time. And if so if you're willing to do and make these accommodations... In order to fulfill the obligation to love your neighbor as you love yourself, God bless you. I'm not here to oppose you one way or the other. But it doesn't make anything we've said about the efficacy, the true efficacy of these substances, the true safety or lack thereof of these substances, the long term risks of these substances. Does your willingness to sacrifice for others change any of those facts or any of that data? Hmm. No, that's all still true, is it not? So, are we allowed to, to bear false witness because we're doing charity? Meaning, can I go to somebody's house, and if my charity's a little sketch, lie about it, because overall it's for a very good cause. Is that how the economy works in God's kingdom? Just ask Joel Osteen. That's <laughs> a good answer. Yeah. So, the answer to your point is yes. It's not no or either or, it's and also. You're going to oppose these uh, th- this evilness because it's evil, and the premise behind it, at best, is 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 dishonest. At worst, is an intentional deception. Either one would be an example of bearing false witness, and God commands us not to do that. So we will expose that. Ephesians five eleven. Have no fellowship with the darkness, but instead expose it. On the other hand, I get you know we live in a fallen world. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, right? They accused Christ of constantly dining with sinners. Well, everyone's a sinner, right? So basically, there was no way for him to ever have a dinner sure. without dining with sinners, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did he sin with sinners? Did he change the truth to dine with sinners? No. No. Did, was he still hospitable? Sure. Was he still well, kind? Did did mercy still triumph over yes. judgment in those situations? With exceptions. Yes. But and then, those like, exceptions. Then the tables but, get turned. But, but that came to the people who would not admit that they were yes, sinners. Correct. That covered themselves in self righteousness. To those who did not, no matter what state they were in or what they were going to do after the dinner or what they did right before the dinner, was did mercy triumph over judgment in those cases? Yes. Didn't change but did he change the truth for them? Nope. So we got to be willing to do both of these things at the same time. There's no way to love your neighbor as you love yourself without some level of self-sacrifice. You're right about that. But we don't sacrifice the truth as a part of that process either. I mentioned earlier relationships I've lost over Trump. I didn't turn away anybody I've not said to one single old friend of mine, because you don't like Trump, we're not friends anymore. I've not done that with any of them. My door is still open. They closed it. I'm not changing the truth for them. But I'm still willing to accommodate. No, but they're not. You know what, though? Then they made that choice. Not on me. Real quick, before we get out of here for this break, let me remind you about our friends at Omega XL. You know you've got 360 places in your body where inflammation can seep in from the top of your neck all the way down your vertebrae to your hips, your back, your feet. Um, We call these places joints. That's how many you have in your body, especially as we get older, even if we're active. Sometimes because we're active that inflammation uh, can even get worse, right? And that's what's probably causing your chronic pain. That's the lingering pain, achiness, soreness that just won't go away. That's why you want to check out an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed up by over 35 years of clinical research and nearly going on two years now of my own personal daily usage so I can testify to its effectiveness. It's called Omega XL, and it's available right now with a buy one, get one for free. Buy your first bottle, get a second one for free. When you get started today at omegaxl.com slash Steve, this stuff really works. I know I've been putting it in my body for going on two years now. Omegaxl.com slash Steve, or if you're old school, you can give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Any quick thoughts on what I just said? Like really quick?
0: Well, I just linked them together because people are all struggling with, you know, what do I do? Well, first focus on get the God thing right, that
1: order that you just established. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll come back. More Ask Me Anything here from our Facebook followers on The Blaze when we return. (laughs) Of course, you know, we weren't going to get out of here today without a plug for our our favorite friends over at Built Bar, the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. So here's a little Built Bar challenge for you. All right. Get the coconut brownie chunk flavor. That's number two in my Built Bar flavor power ratings. Or the ruby ruby chocolate, which is the brand new Built Bar puff flavor. Uh, That's kind of their version of a Protein bar is a chocolate-covered marshmallow in different varieties. Get those two, cut those up into get cut those up into little pieces and serve them to guests this Christmas as candies. And don't tell them it's a protein bar. I guarantee you, they won't be able to tell the difference. That's how good those are, loaded with protein and flavor. Not loaded. With carbs, calories, and sugars. If you want to try them now or try them again, go to built.com for the best protein bar of all time. B U I L T for built bar. Use the promo code DACE, D E A C E, and get 15% off at built.com. Promo code DACE to get 15% off at built.com. Let's continue on with our Monday Town Hall. Ask me anything. Next question, Aaron.
2: Tyler Jacob Helfert is here to sow division amongst the brethren. (coughs) Excuse me. Speaking of division, theological hand grenade, what does Christ mean when he says, this is my body and this is my blood?
1: Is this the question you were warning me about? This is the one. This is the one? Um.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm really Uh, surprised like, this is never just point. i have never skipped this question before. It's never come up a and taken this long. I've been on the show now for seven, first time. I mean, you and I have never really mm-hmm. gone deep on this particular issue.
2: I've never really understood. I mean, Todd, Todd will lay it out here. I've never really understood why transubstantiation is, is such a big deal for Catholics. And I know I sound really ignorant saying that, but I've never understood why this is a, a seemingly a preeminent thing for the Catholic faith.
1: You mean transubstantiation or or communion? You're talking Meaning about the literal. The literal yeah. that it's. It, well, it. Okay, that's okay. why
0: this is fascinating okay. because this is one of those areas where Catholics will talk a lot of times in a lot of other areas about needing to understand the allegorical or something like this, and you'll get it from an evangelical about a far more literal interpretation. Well, here's a time where Catholics could say, it says it right there. Why aren't you reading it literally now? I just think that's why these conversations of people of goodwill mm-hmm. are very fascinating.
1: Well, my understanding on from an evangelical side is it means that this is my body and this is my blood. And we do this in remembrance of him. I mean, I've, I've never taken communion in the history of my faith walk without... without the preface of that scripture or Paul's resetting of it later in the new Testament coinciding with the event. So whether, whether we believe it is the literal, the literal blood or the literal body of Christ. Um, we place such a high esteem upon this particular uh, rituals not is is too simple of a word um there's another word I, that I'm looking for that I think um sacrament thank you we we place a very high such a high esteem on this sacrament that other than baptism, those are the those are two that you will see practiced in any in any congregation of Protestantism that 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 attached itself to orthodoxy or any form of sola scriptura. Um, some may practice more sacraments than those, particularly of a Lutheran or Reformed variety. That would that would, with the exception of sola scriptura would maybe look more familiar to you. Than if I'm a mega church Baptist, for example, or Pentecostal. But in every variation of Protestantism, regardless of its um of, of its traditions, any of them that holds on to any form of orthodoxy, there are two sacraments that are absolutely and regularly practiced and administered. And that's baptism and that's what we call communion. And that is done. Those things are fundamental because we recognize their importance. so i'm I'm guessing this is a this is a this is a Catholic attempt at a gotcha question, which I respect, okay? So I kind of feel like I need to do what Todd often has to do when the shoe is on the other foot. I, I want to answer by first clarifying things. The idea that this isn't... If, if, if I'm right about that, if, if I typecast you wrong, Tyler, I apologize. Okay? But the idea that over on the Protestant side, we don't take this with the utmost seriousness... I mean, the, there, there's not there's not a lot of liturgy or ceremony that you would see in a lot of modern evangelical churches today. And this is one of them. We We take it tremendously serious. So... How often does I, your I, church do it? Just We do it monthly is how often we do it in our church. Um, so I feel like it's a false choice between it's either transubstantiation or you don't take this seriously at all. Similar to the false choice of you're either sola scriptura or you just do everything the Pope says. Right? We've debunked that one mm-hmm. before. Okay, and so I kind of feel like this is a bit of a false choice being, being coincided the other way, and that if you wanted to win this argument with evangelicals or Protestants, although just about any Protestant denomination that holds on to any form of orthodoxy in America today is going to identify more as evangelical than Protestant. Okay, you're going to have a better chance winning the argument by not beginning with the assumption that we don't take this very seriously when we do. The argument you want to make is why we should take it more seriously than we do. But the idea that this is just a joke to us and, you know, we don't really care, there's not a lot of liturgy and ceremony left in a lot of American evangelicalism, and yet this is one of them. Do you want to chime in on this?
0: Well, I didn't didn't take it that way. Uh, uh, I honestly— And I think Aaron's way of framing it, like, I don't like, what do you guys take that literally? Just like you do a very clever thing, Steve, when we talk, you know what this uh, means in the literal Greek? Can you, you
1: know, when you say it means exactly
0: what it says? Well, that was originally going to be my answer. We
1: believe it's his body and we believe that's his blood. We don't necessarily, we believe it is an act of worship more than an act of supernatural inhabitation. Maybe is how I would put it. Is that the answer you're looking for?
0: I'm not looking for anything. I genuinely okay. am curious by a, a tradition that is the most literal of all, probably, or at least perceived that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I know you guys are not without, I mean, like you, you'll read, I mean, if there's any any number of analogies that are clearly in the parables you're meant not to take it all Mm -hmm. literally so I know you guys don't believe that but when it comes to this this is where the rubber meets the road on something that's a fundamental difference I I, it's it's fascinating to hear when people who tend towards the literal clearly here have another um, hermeneutic tell us what is mass what is the mass what is the mass yes it is it is this it is fundamentally about this it is about transubstantiation it is about uh,
1: the sacrifice Mm -hmm. is it is it is it accurate to claim that in the mass you are either revisiting or recreating the the sacrifice of Christ
0: well, you are definitely. And this is a common argument held throughout time. You are not doing it over and over. That's and why over I asked again. it that
1: way. That's why I gave you the two different options. That is, okay. but
0: you. It is, and I've mentioned this on the show before. Very loosely speaking, to help, it's it's more like a time machine to to pull all of the power of the one moment of all time, right, right, again, right, and again and again, atoning for our sins. Okay, but that was. I mean whether you're Catholic or Protestant we agree that's the point of that sacrifice yes, yes. through all
1: time. See that's how we would define why we do communion. We would like we would it is a, it, it, we would define it as a remembrance. Correct. As a revisitation, okay? But not a recreation. And that's why we don't believe that we don't believe that a literal supernatural transaction has taken place or inhabitation has taken place. Does that answer your question? No, I'm not, by the way, when I say answer, I'm not like, did I say, so now do you agree with me? Is that what I said? No, you wanted to know what we think. And that, so, you know, that that's what we think.
0: Well, now everybody okay. else does too. All right. All right.
1: Next question.
2: I think, yeah, I think the remembrance part, if I can just get in on this. Sure. Too, go ahead. The man. remembrance part, at least to the Protestant evangelical part, uh, mind, that takes preeminence over the what are we doing here? Are we having transubstantiation, or are we doing this in remembrance? It's the latter, and I think, I think that's where things get a little bit fuzzy. Is that why is this why is this part of of the whole so so important? Uh, I think that's the question well, that a lot of to people...
0: quote the great Flannery O'Connor. If it's just a symbol, then what the hell with it? I mean, she she had a a great way of turning the phrase, but that's why it's so important. Like there's we we weren't. We weren't saved by a symbol. We were we were saved by something enfleshed spirit right. in man. So but, again, but this we is don't the, We don't
1: believe it's just a symbol either. Right. Okay? Any more than we believe... We don't believe that... We, we, it, it's more than that. Okay? Like, I don't need to put myself on a cross to identify with the power of that image. Okay? Right? So if I don't recognize the power behind that image, then it is just a symbol. This is why we we ask people, unless you're a believer, do not partake of this. And there's even a lot of evangelical churches that you have to be a member of that particular church community in order to do so, okay? That it's not done just cavalierly or, hey guys, you know, you need a sip of grape juice here, okay? Um, but it's, it's the recognition of the power of that moment. Um, and so... We don't think it's just a symbol either, okay? We just don't believe that it is. It is a required transaction to experience or access a the the supernatural aspect of the of, of the of a relationship with Christ. Is that a sufficient answer, Aaron? Do you think? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, all right.
2: Uh, moving on. This is from Jeff Jeffrey. James and Jennifer Crumbly are each charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Their 15-year-old son, Ethan Crumbly, is the Michigan school shooter from last week. If poor parenting is now a crime, should we expect to see parents of gangbangers involved in drive-by shootings in cities like Chicago, Detroit, Philly, etc., now incarcerated on the same legal grounds?
0: I'd
1: actually be all for that. I love this question. Yeah, yeah I love the question, and I'd be all for it, Okay. Um, I'm not immediately offended. This is why I haven't said anything about it. And I'm not immediately for it either. I want to hear more, but I'm not immediately offended at the notion that the parents of a 15 year old school shooter are not on the hook whatsoever. I mean, especially if, if, given the circumstances. Yes. If that, first of all, they if they if, if if their kid was getting drunk in at their house or had a party at their house, got somebody got drunk and then killed someone with a car, you could absolutely be found liable of that. Okay, so. I'm not immediately offended at the notion. I want to see more about the specifics of this case before I sign on to it in this context, but I'm not immediately offended at the notion either. And I'd be, I'm I'm, I'm certainly, if I'm not offended at the notion in, in this case in particular, before we see more specifics, then I'm not offended at the notion that you're talking about either. I'm not really, offended. you're not going to do much, you know, that's going to... Um, more personal responsibility, more accountability. We can call them all Alec Alec Baldwin acts. Yeah, you are accountable, actually, you know? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd kind of feel like I failed if my kid was a school shooter, right? A little bit. Yeah, I think I'd fail a little bit, yeah. I'd kind of feel a little responsible for it as a parent, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'd be ashamed, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. Next,
2: Jacob Daniel, or Jacobo Daniel, says, is common sense gone for good?
1: No. In fact, if anything, I think this year it's made a comeback. And we'll get into this more in the overtime, but I think if anything, it's made a comeback this year with places like the Joe Rogan podcast, or Tim Pool, or Bill Maher, or um, um, Andrew Sullivan. The clip we'll talk about in the overtime today with Trevor Noah. Of all people. Now, I, I actually think common sense made a big comeback. And remind me, I should put that biggest comeback for the Days the, the Group uh, year-end roundtable here in a couple weeks. I think I might put common sense as my comeback player of the year. See,
0: this is where we disagree. I think it is dying, and the examples you're bringing out stand out all the more because it is dying.
1: I would say they're standing out all the more because I thought it was pretty dead over the last few years. I thought it was really dead last year. And maybe that's the difference is if I took a long-term view, I'd feel pretty poorly about where common sense is. If I was just looking at where it is compared to last year, I'd actually have a pretty sunny side optimistic take on it. Okay. Hey, before we get out of here, let me remind you again, if you want to get in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, make sure you do so with a real estate agent that you can trust. And where would you find just such a person? Well, the name says it all. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com, and there you will find a a real estate agent you trust, a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates because, well, guess what? They ran into real estate agents. They found out they could not, so they didn't want that to happen to you. So just about anywhere you're going to move to or from, make sure you've got an agent with a track record of success proven that you can trust to take charge of your situation while remembering that you are in charge, and you'll find them at realestateagentsitrust.com. Got about a minute. Any final thoughts on the show today?
2: Just the last commentary about whether common sense is dead. I mean, it's like um, you could say it's chicken or the egg, or maybe in this case, it's like is is the frog half boiled, or is the the pot holding the frog half half frogged? I, I, at this point, the fact that we're even asking these questions, uh, just it indicates indicates how absurd things have become but I tend to agree to some extent now whether that's a percentage point or half a percentage point uh, common sense I think has made a little bit of a comeback
1: over time we're going to record it now for Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you we will see you tomorrow until then John 317 this is Steve Dace
3: on the Blaze Radio Network